Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Thank you for joining us for our online service today. Wherever you are, whether you're in the living room, in an office, on the bus, or in the MRT, I'm so glad to have the opportunity to share God's Word with you today. So why don't we just open up our hearts to the Lord right now. Come, let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this wonderful time that we are able to worship you, able to pray. And right now, as we get into the Word of God, we just pray that faith will come by hearing and hearing by your Word. We just ask that the Scripture will come alive to us. It will be like a fire and a hammer. And today, we'll inject faith into our lives. No matter what challenges that we may be facing right now, your Word will give us the courage and the strength and the Zoe life to keep on going victoriously for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone say, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Over these few weeks, we are going to follow the devotion of Jesus. We are learning how to be like Jesus, how to imitate Jesus. Well, one of the key features of Jesus' life and His ministry was His love for prayer. If you study the Bible, you'll find that from the beginning to the end of the Gospels, Jesus was always praying, praying, praying. He was constantly in a praying mode. You find Jesus praying alone, in public, praying with friends. He's, he was praying, kneeling down, standing up, sitting down. You find Him praying in the morning, in the evening, in the night, and sometime late into the night, even overnight. You find Jesus praying before meals, after meals, and praying regularly as a habit. You find Jesus praying in a quiet room while walking in a field, in a garden, high up on the mountain, or alone in the wilderness. So it doesn't matter where He was. Jesus was always praying, praying, praying. You find Him praying when He was very happy, when He was at the height of His fame and popularity, when they wanted to make Him king. Yet, in the midst of all those euphoria, Jesus withdrew himself and went to pray. You find Jesus praying when he was very sad, when he was opposed by the Pharisees. He took time off. In fact, one time he was in the midst of a debate, he took time off and went to pray. You find Jesus praying when his heart was very sorrowful and very heavy. In fact, the night when Jesus was betrayed, he spent time in prayer. So Jesus, in short, he prayed all the time. Every time you find Jesus in the Gospels, He was either praying, or He was going to pray, or He had just finished praying. He filled His entire day, in fact, His whole life with prayer. And we must do the same. You must do the same. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, we are to pray without ceasing. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication, in the Spirit. Do you know why Jesus prayed all the time? Because this is exactly how we can connect with God, how we can unite with Him. This is how we get into the Spirit and stay in the Spirit. You see, prayer calibrates our heart to the right spiritual temperature. It melts our heart of stone and softens it and makes it into a heart of flesh so that we can relate to God with love. We can relate to Him with affection. We can uh, uh, relate to Him with passion. 
until we freely pour out our heart and our deepest thoughts to Him. And again, we see this in Jesus. See, I'm telling you all this because we want to follow Him. We want to imitate Him and learn from Him. We see this in His devotional life. When Jesus Christ prayed, you see, it was often with hot tears and loud crying. Philippians chapter 5 and verse 7 says this. It says, Jesus, who in the days of His flesh, when He had offered up prayers and supplications, with vehement cries and tears to Him who was able to save Him from death. So Jesus prayed with vehement crying and with hot tears. I want to say there's nothing wrong with praying aloud. In the parable of the persistent widow, and you find that in Luke chapter 18, Jesus talks about a widow who kept pounding on the door of a judge, asking the judge to deliver her, to avenge her. Well, Jesus ended by saying in verse 7, And shall God not avenge His own elect who cry out day and night to Him? You see that? God will avenge His own elect who cry out day and night. Now, for sure, God, our Heavenly Father, is not death. But nonetheless, He expects us to cry out to Him. Jesus says, day and night, crying out to God. And He promises to answer our cries. In fact, this was exactly how the early church prayed too. When they came together, they raised their voice to God with one accord. That's Acts chapter 4 and verse 24. They were so loud and so fervent that when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. And that's Acts 4.31. Oh, my desire is this. May our church, may City Harvest Church be that strong in prayer that when we come together to pray, our place will be shaken in the power and the anointing of God. You know, I'm never worried if we pray too loudly. I'm only concerned if we are too quiet in prayer. It is the effective, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous woman that makes tremendous power available. James 5 verse 16. So there's nothing more important There's nothing richer and life-changing than prayer. Without it, there can be no personal revival. Without it, I will not be revived in my spiritual life. Neither can you. Nor can there be a church revival. In fact, I, I would even go so far as to say, there's nothing as great as prayer. And yet, prayer is one of the hardest things in the world to do. It's one of the most difficult things. You know, when you look at all the great people that live in history, Martin Luther, he prayed at least three hours a day. Three hours. My mentor, my pastor, Dr. David Yonggi Cho, pastor of the world's largest church, the world's largest church in history, he also prays at least three hours a day. He's now in his 80s and he's still doing that, praying three hours a day. When I look at people like them, I always wonder, How would they do it? I mean, how could Dr. Cho pray three hours every day? But in the last two and a half years, I have finally learned to pray three hours a day myself. By God's grace, 
I was able to wake up 5 a.m. every morning to pray for an hour. And then I tried to carve out time, one hour, sometime during the day to pray again. And one hour before I slept. By God's grace, I did that seven days a week, every day, praying three hours a day. And what a joy and blessing it was. But how can we enjoy praying such that we can pray for a long time, daily, persistently, and habitually in God's presence? How can you and I do it every single day? Well, in this service, right here, right now, I'd like to share the secret I have learned by following Jesus, by imitating Jesus, the secret to enjoying praying together with you. Are you ready to learn the secret? Well, the disciples have seen the power of Jesus' prayer. They, 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 they see it, they know it, that it was his key to the miracles, the wisdom, and the glory of God. So one day, the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. How do you do it? Teach us how to pray so persistently for so long, all day long. And here, the ultimate teacher gave the ultimate masterclass on prayer. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. It is the most famous set of words ever spoken and is quoted more often than any other words in human history. It is the prayer of prayers. And through it, Jesus gives us the secret to a powerful prayer life. So the secret is this. The secret is, Prayer is meditation. I'm going to say it again. Prayer is meditation. It is primarily meditating on God's Word. How do we know this? Because when you look at the Lord's Prayer, it is really a collection of Jesus' own meditation of the Bible. Every word that Jesus gave us in this outline is a scripture he had personally memorized. For example, we look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to verse 13. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, that is the Lord's Prayer. We have said it many times. But listen, it was not a new set of words that has never been uttered before in history. Jesus was pulling out all those verses He had memorized. He's now recalling them, reciting them, and giving it to us as a prayer outline. For example, hallowed be your name. Now, that phrase is a meditation of Isaiah 29 and verse 23 when God says, They will hallow my name and hallow the Holy One of Jacob and fear the God of Israel. See, it's, it's taken from Isaiah. Give us this day our daily bread. That phrase is a meditation of the prayer in Proverbs 30 and verse 8. Oh Lord, give me only my daily bread. Take another line. Forgive us our debts. That is a meditation of the prayer in Psalm 79 verse 9. Help us, God our Savior, 
deliver us and forgive our sins for your namesake. How about this one? Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you know this? A meditation from Jeremiah 15 and verse 21. When God says, I will deliver you from the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem you from the grip of the terrible, from the evil one. Finally, that famous last line, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. That is a meditation of the doxology that is found in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11. For yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. So you see, Jesus meditated so much on the Bible that he quoted it automatically, instinctively, effortlessly. In fact, in most situations, Jesus was quoting scriptures, especially in his prayer time, especially during critical moments of his life. For example, remember when he was attacked by Satan in the wilderness? How did he resist the temptation that Satan threw at him? He resisted them with prayers, right? And he, he prayed against the devil and said, it is written, it is written. And he would quote those scriptures. It was a prayer against the devil using verses that he had previously memorized. When Jesus Christ was suffering on the cross, the words that he used were verses he had memorized. So even in the midst of the most severe pain that, that any human could ever have experienced as he was taking upon himself the sins of the whole world, past, present, and future. Jesus Christ was recalling, reciting, and praying through scriptures he had previously memorized. Take for example, remember when Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, laba sabatini, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That was a quote from Psalms 22 and verse 1. Obviously, he had previously memorized Psalms 22. So he's now reciting, praying it to Father God. Oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was quoting, and, and I believe the gospel writers probably just quote the most pertinent line. He probably quoted Psalms 22 verses 1, at least verse 1 to verse 5. You know, because I love verse 5, he, he said, Oh, Father, my God, surely the righteous will never be put to shame. That means I put my trust in you. At the end of the day, you're going to resurrect me. You're going to vindicate me. You see, that was Jesus' prayer. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, right at the end, the last words he, he uttered on the cross was a quote from the scripture, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He was quoting Psalms 31 verse 5. Now, definitely, previously, he had memorized Psalms 31. For him to be able to recall it, to pray it to Abba Father. So the first thing you realize about Jesus is that he loved the Bible. He really loved the Word of God. And his prayers were often nothing more than Jesus Christ recalling, reciting, and praying out the Word of God. You know why? Because 90% of all praying is meditation of Scripture. 90% of all prayer is meditation of Scripture. If you learn that, that is the secret. If you learn that, 
oh, you will enjoy praying and you can pray a long, long time and have tremendous breakthrough in prayer. But if you don't understand this, you will never learn how to pray like Jesus. You will never last more than a few minutes or enjoy a fulfilling prayer life. So what is meditation? Let's come to one of the most famous scriptures on what meditation is. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So this person is blessed. This man, this woman is blessed. That means he or she is empowered to succeed because this person meditates on God's word day and night. He does it, she does it daily. Now notice, it's not just meditating, period. It's meditating on the scripture. It's meditating on the word of God. You see, we can meditate on many things. Very often, we can meditate on wrong things, wrong advices, wrong human ideas. It is called worrying. It's called being anxious. In fact, if you just go and Google the word meditation, there are all kinds and techniques of meditation. Some would look at meditation as a, a breathing exercise or something you do in your sports. But in the Bible, the word meditate or meditation is very specific. It doesn't mean a breathing exercise. The word meditate means to mutter the scripture, to recall God's word, to recite it under your breath, to pray to God with it again and again. Let me, let me give you an example. For example, Psalms 23. You learn to memorize the scripture and then you recall it and then you use it a prayer. For example, I memorize the scripture, for the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down on green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, I'm memorizing it. Then I'm reciting it. Then I learned to use it as a prayer. Lord, you are my shepherd. Lord, in the midst of this COVID-19 situation, I will not be in lack. My job, my career, my finances, my business will not be in lack because you are my Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. Lord, you're going to make me to lie down on green pastures. You're going to lead me beside the still waters. You are going to restore my soul. I'm not going to be nervous. Your restoration will come. In fact, Jesus, you are my healer. You are going to restore me back to good health. You see what I'm doing? I'm memorizing scriptures, and then I'm reciting it, and then I'm using it as a prayer. Meditation is like a cow grazing in the field. Now, unlike humans, every cow has four separate stomachs. So after chewing, the food is passed from one stomach to the next and then to the next, and then to the next, four stomachs. So all day long, the cow will be regularly regurgitating the food out from the stomach, back to the mouth. He then chews the cud 
over and over, squeezing the nutrients out of the food. So a cow, okay, just look at this, a cow, he swallows the food, then it goes through the four stomachs, and then he regurgitates it again and again, and they tell us up to three days, a long time, up to three days. It's like how you can pray for a long time, right? This is up to three days. And because of this, cows, they belong to a group of animals known as ruminants. Ah, ruminants. Doesn't that word remind you of something? When we say in English, a person is ruminating on something, ah, it means he is chewing, he's regurgitating his thoughts like a cow, thinking, pondering, considering, memorizing, reciting, praying over it again and again. But instead of food, he's recalling and reciting the words of Scripture over and over again. And here you find Jesus teaching us that instead of eating grass, our spiritual food that we chew on, that we feed on, is really the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what bread is to the natural man? God's Word is to our inner man. So you see something. Meditation is our spiritual digestive system. It's our spiritual digestive system. When we chew the Word, memorizing it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. You see, as we are memorizing, reciting, thinking, praying through it, we are processing our spiritual food, squeezing out all the nutrients, all the blessings, all the revelations, and then digesting it. And as food, this word is absorbed into our system, into this temple of the Holy Spirit, becoming a part of us. And we find ourselves living by the Word all day long. We find ourselves living in the Word until, like Jesus Christ, effortlessly, instinctively, automatically, no matter what we are going through, the words of God will flow out of our mouths in our prayers, in our conversations, in, in our meditation. When we cast out demons, when we come against the devil in spiritual warfare, you'll not just be nice ideas or nice thoughts, you'll be the Word of God, the double-edged sword that will flow out of our mouth, that will break through every situation. Unfortunately, we don't do that, right? Whenever we read a Bible and we hear a good sermon, we can get very excited. Oh, praise God. You know, uh, Pastor, the scripture that I heard today jumps out at me. Oh, it is so good. Wow, this verse really speaks to me. It really has become alive to me. And then we stop there. And a few days later, what happens? A few days later, we totally cannot remember the sermon or the Bible passage anymore. Why? because we didn't take the time to fully digest it, to squeeze out the blessing, the revelation, the illumination, the understanding. We, we never squeeze out all the nutrients that will spiritually help us from the Word of God. Jesus wants the Word to find a home in us 
Will you let the Word of God find a home in your heart of hearts? You see, one day, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. So let's go to John chapter 8 and look at verse 37. Jesus says to the Pharisees, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Now, this is really amazing. Can you imagine these religious leaders? They read the Bible every day. They read the Bible religiously. But yet, the Word of God has no place in them because the roots did not go down deep into their mind, into their hearts, into their soul, into their spirit. The Word did not grip them. It did not pierce through the soul and grip into their spirit. Well, it is not so for the one who meditates on God's Word day and night. It is not so. Psalms chapter 1, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So you realize this person is not affected by the heat or the drought of the season. Even in bad times, in very difficult times, when it seems like all hope is gone, all strength is gone, this person is still growing and blossoming, bearing fruit and prospering. Whatever he does, he or she prospers. And then by meditation, we are growing the roots into the, uh, the roots of the word deeper and deeper into us. And that word deep in us will steady our heart and stabilize our soul. You see, such that we will never dry up. And this was how Jesus Christ himself stood so firm. Look, nobody has ever gone through trials, testings, tribulations, suffering, the way Jesus did. But he never wavered. He stood so firm. And he was truly an evergreen tree. Truly an evergreen tree. You know why? He used the Word of God even while enduring the infinite agony on the cross. He was always using the Word of God. And I want to say this. If we want to be Christ-like, if you want to be Jesus-like, and you want to be able to endure the greatest pain, and we all know this, the greatest pain is never physical. It's mental. It's emotional. If we want to be able to be like Jesus, even on the cross, He's able to endure it and stay victorious and stay positive, then we must follow Jesus by anchoring our roots deep into the Scripture as He did. You see, I never learned this when I was growing up. And so, as a young pastor, because I wasn't a very confident person and I struggled with a lot of low self-esteem. I knew that God wanted to use me, that He had a big vision for City Harvest Church, but I always felt I wasn't up to it. So I struggled with a lot of fears and self-doubts, a lot of insecurity. I just felt that I'm not up to it. I, I can't do it. You know, God, maybe you got the wrong person. And then one day, God spoke to me through the parable of the sower, the famous parable in Matthew chapter 13, right? 
And then in the parable of the sower, I believe it's in uh, verse 20 to verse 21, it says, but he who received the seed, and Jesus says, the seed is the word of God. He who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word. That means you hear the rhema, you, you got the vision, and yet he has no root in himself. He didn't allow that word to be rooted deep into him. But endures, the word endures only for a while, and when tribulation and persecution arises because of the word, let me tell you, the bigger your vision, the more problems you're going to have. When God has a big plan for you, the devil will always have a big plot against you as well. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. But tribulation and persecution will come because you receive a blessing from God. You receive a word, a rhema, a revelation. But because you're not rooted, immediately he stumbles. You see, every great vision will be tested. Back then, my internal root system was too shallow to support the life that God was planning for me. It was too shallow to support the ministry that God had in mind for me. And that was why I was constantly worried. I was constantly panicky, easily intimidated, and always feeling, I'm not the right one. I'm not up to the challenge. Well, for two years, I took the seed of God's Word, and I wanted the root of that Word of God to go down deep. I didn't want to be like the, uh, the, the person that the parable talked about. The seed was sown, but no depth. The root didn't go into his heart and in the spirit. I didn't want that. So for two years, I took the seed of God's Word. It may be a small verse. Back then, I didn't do a lot of mem uh, scriptural mem memory. I, 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 di I didn't do it as a lifestyle. But I took the seed, one or two verses, and I kept meditating on it day and night, night and day, memorizing the scripture, recalling it to mind, reciting it, and praying to, through it. For example, let me give you an example. Mark 11, verse 22 to verse 23. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Oh God, I thank you right now. Jesus, I thank you. For whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Every day, every day, I kept on memorizing, recalling. Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus, this vision is not too hard. Jesus, this mission work is not too hard. Jesus, growing the church is not too hard. I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. Philippians 4 verse 19, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's just a little seed, not, not big passages, it's a little seed. But God, I trust in you. I believe my God shall supply all my needs, every need that I have, emotional need, financial need, material need, needs in my family, according to his riches in, in glory by Christ Jesus. And the more I meditated on these scriptures, chewing it, digesting it, ruminating on it, the deeper its roots went. 
They went deeper and deeper until they pierced through the soul and hit the deepest part of me where the Holy Spirit was indwelling. And then from my innermost being gush out rivers of living water, just like Jesus promised in John 7, 38. From my innermost being flowed rivers of living water. In those two years, God really lifted up my self-esteem. Well, my brothers and my sisters, it is God's Word rooted in me that gives me my personality and ministry today. It is that Word rooted in me that gives me this voice in the kingdom of God. And that is the secret. That is the power of meditation. Something else, when we meditate, something supernatural and transformational happens. The fruit of the Holy Spirit we are talking about, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the character profile of Jesus. We want to be like Jesus Christ, right? So the, the character profile of Jesus begin, begins to grow in us like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will bring forth fruit in this season. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the key. See, this right here is the key. Right here is your breakthrough. You want to be like Jesus then you can. You can have those fruits of the Spirit. You can be like Jesus in His love, in His joy, in His peace, in His long-suffering, in His kindness, goodness, in His faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. In fact, it is good to meditate on Galatians 5, verses 22 to verse 23, every day for a season in your quiet time. Oh, God knows I did so much of this in the last two and a half years. Galatians 5, 22, 23, I committed it to memory. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Oh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. You see, I just memorize it. Recall, uh, uh, recall it, recited it, and then I begin to use it as a prayer. Jesus, help me. Help me to be like you, so full of love, so full of joy, so full of peace, so full of, of uh, long-suffering, forbearance, kindness, goodness, so faithful. Jesus, help me to be faithful. Help me to be a promise keeper. Help me to be gentle. Help me never to lose my cool. Help me to have self-control. Let me not be triggered so easily in the midst of a difficult situation. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Satis satisfaction will flow in. Meditation will satisfy us like nothing else will. Because of daily Bible meditation. You know what King David said in Psalm 63? Let me read to you. Psalm 63, David said, He was fully satisfied as with the richest of food. Fully satisfied. Is that the testimony of your life? That the Christian life is so fulfilling, so satisfying? You see, meditation makes our spiritual life fulfilling. Meditation makes our spiritual life, our Christian walk, satisfying. You know why? Because you're feeding on heavenly food. It's divine food. You know, when, when we eat good food, we are satisfied. 
how much more when we feast on the divine food, on the heavenly manna, and every day we let it go through our mind and use it in our, in our memory, in our recitation, in our renuminating, uh, and then in our prayer. See, meditation makes prayer so enjoyable. Literally a delight. Your delight in the Word as you pray will begin to increase and bring joy into your life. So from today, try Bible meditation in your quiet time, right? Try it. Try using perhaps the Lord's Prayer. Try using Psalms 23, Psalms 91, which is very good. It's a psalm of protection. Psalms 91 is so good, so good right now as we go through this situation of the COVID-19 outbreak. Memorize it, recite it, pray to God with it. I mean, maybe just try the, the six verses, right? Uh, how many verses? One, two, three, four, five. The five verses of Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 13, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, it is so powerful praying the Lord's Prayer because it is, they are the words of Jesus Christ. So already they carry the authority of the, the Lord in it. They are backed up by the Lord. In this manner, therefore pray, so you can remember it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Wow. I just get so happy just being able just to memorize and meditate on the very words that Jesus used or, or is teaching us to use in our prayer life. Now, one last thing, one final thing. When it comes to meditation, we must not forget the living word. Now, remember, Jesus must be the one in whom we meditate on the most. Because you know why? Jesus himself is the supreme meditation of God Almighty. All the words of God, all of Scripture, point to Jesus Christ. God, our Heavenly Father, He meditates on His Son. He, he, Jesus is a supreme meditation. So all the more, as we focus on the written Word, remember all the written Word is pointing to the living Word. We must meditate on Jesus Christ and meditate with Jesus. So in your mind, visualize Jesus loving you. In your mind, visualize Jesus healing you, rescuing you, delivering you from your situation. Visualize Him dying for you in order to transform you, to change you. Visualize Jesus living His life through the Spirit out of you that you yourself, like Him, become a person of love, of, of, of joy, of peace, of long-suffering, of kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, becoming like Jesus, so full, so full of self-control. I want you to realize that, that every day when you meditate, I want you to visualize on Jesus Christ, always singing, rejoicing over you. And there's a scripture from the book of Zephaniah. As you meditate on the Word, as you focus on Jesus, the written Word and the living Word 
your devotional life, your prayer life will become a delight to you. Praying will become a delight. The Bible will become a, a delight. You will be like what the psalmist says, a tree planted by the rivers of water. You will bear your fruit in this season. And no matter what happens, your leaf also shall never wither. Your leaf also shall not wither. Bible meditation is the secret to inner joy. It's the secret to inner peace. Many of you know that for the last two and a half years, it has been a very challenging time for me. I mean, a very difficult time for me, for my family, and, and it's just a tough time. But in the midst of a very dry season, of a very hard season, through prayer, through meditation, by learning how to follow Jesus in His devotional life, meditating on the Word of God, Jesus Christ became so close to me. I daily found the joy of the Lord and a tremendous inner peace. You know, everyone is looking for inner peace. The whole world is searching for inner peace. Right here is a secret for finding inner peace. I found a tremendous inner peace that surpasses all understanding. And I believe, even as you are watching right now, the same thing will happen to you. When you give yourself to this, the Word of God will be your source of delight and satisfaction. Well, this is all the time we have for this service. I don't know about you, but I certainly have enjoyed being in the presence of God with the praise and the worship, with all the praying, and to be able to share the Word of God together with you. I so enjoy it today. Next week, I'm going to continue on the prayer life of Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus in His devotion. And I want to talk to you next week more on finding inner peace through prayer. And specifically, next week, my focus is on how God converses with us in prayer. You see, praying got to be a two-way communication. It's not just we talking to God. More importantly, we must hear God talking to us. How do we come into that rhythm of conversation with God or having fellowship and communion with God? Next week, make sure you don't miss it. Invite all your friends at the same time and we are going to go online. I'll be sharing with you. But let me say this. Can I give you a homework as your senior pastor? As a homework, all right? As a church, can we memorize the first half of Psalms 91? Now, just the first eight verses out of the 16, there are 16 verses, just memorize the first half, the first eight verses, all right? It's not too difficult. I know you can do it. You have done so well with the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22, 23. I know you can handle these eight verses. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snares of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Um, yeah, 
uh, his, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that fl- the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall in your sight, ten thousand in your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Praise God. Praise God. I know you can do it. Alright? I know you can do it. It's, it's a powerful verse. And it's going to give you that faith. That faith you need. As you go through and you navigate through these few weeks, these few months, as, when, when we as, as a region, as a nation, are, are fighting this COVID-19 virus outbreak, God's protection will come upon you. Well, I, I want to say one more thing. This coming week is another season of our crowning session, our crowning session of praying together. So you will start from Wednesday to Friday, from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. every morning. 7 to 8, just for an hour. Thousands of people will be locking on. Send us your prayer needs, and we're going to pray together with you. So I hope to see you all online. All right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 8 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Before we end in prayer, let us take some time to worship God together. We sang a beautiful song today. So why don't we just come together, wherever you are, whether you're alone or in a group. Let's just worship God together, together with the wonderful singers and musicians. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy of all the praise we could ever our hands let's just worship together Those of you that are watching right now, I want you to just look to the Lord in prayer. I want you to know that Jesus is for you. Jesus is the living word. I want you to visualize Jesus Christ coming to you right now. 
Jesus having died for you on the cross, having finished everything that is needed to be done for your salvation, for your deliverance, He's reaching out to you to save you, to provide for you, to heal you, to deliver you. Wherever you are, if you're sick in your body, I want you to believe God for healing. Jesus is able to heal those that have cancer, whether you have cancer in your lungs, cancer in your stomach, in your colon, cancer in your prostate, in your pancreas, whether is it cancer in the blood, whether it's leukemia or Hodgkin disease, whether is it cancer in your throat, in your nose, or a tumor that's inoperable in your head, wherever it may be, wherever the growth may be, Jesus is able to heal. If you have a heart disease, I want you to put your hands on the heart. Right now, Jesus can heal every disease of the heart, every heart attack problem, every palpitation of the heart, every valve that is not working properly. Jesus is able to heal hypertension. He's able to heal sugar diabetes. Jesus is able to heal rheumatoid arthritis. If you've got a joint that is painful right now, put your hands on the part that is painful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, just, just worship Him. Just trust in Him. I want you to begin to pray and believe God in Jesus' name. He, he, he tells us this. You can ask Him, give me this day my daily bread. Healing is the children's bread. Right now, ask Him for your healing. If you've got uh, a migraine headache, put your hands on your head right now. If you've got a sinus problem, put your hands on your nose. If you've got flu, if you've got a stomach flu, and maybe you're watching right now and you're one of those that are suspected of this uh, Wuhan virus, or maybe you're in a hospital right now and watching and you have this virus, right now let's just believe God that beyond the medication, God can heal through medication, but believe God for divine supernatural healing as well. You will get well in Jesus' name. On the cross, Jesus died for you. By the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that are watching. I pray in Jesus' name, healing will flow into their body, from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. Be healed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I pray for those that are facing a financial crisis. Maybe they're in the retail business. Maybe they're in some form of business, but because of this virus outbreak, that it affected their income. It affected their profession. It affected their career. Right now, Lord, we put our faith in You. Our faith is not on the system of the world or the provision of this world. Our faith is in the, the Lord of the universe, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, that our God will supply all our needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, Philippians 4.19. Father, we trust in You. I pray that as all these dear friends, brothers and sisters, are watching in, stretching out their hands, believing you for a miracle. I pray that you answer their cry. I pray right now, their prayer of faith will bring forth a miracle that you will touch them at the point of their greatest needs, that the healing will come, the provision will come, the deliverance will come, the blessing will come. So I pray for you as your pastor. I pray that the Lord will bless you, that the Lord will keep you, that the Lord will cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that He will lift up His countenance upon you, my dear brothers and my dear sisters, and that He will give you peace, the shalom of God in every dimension of your life, the shalom 
of God the Father, the shalom of God the Son, and the shalom of God the Holy Spirit be upon you, in you, and through you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone say, Amen and Amen. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 